Hey, dude. What's up? Nothing much, man. So who's on today? Oh, man. This is a fun one. We got uh, Lurk from Lamgoat, the CEO of Lamgoat.com. Everybody knows what Lamgoat.com is, right? The info world. Yeah, if you don't, you're going to learn. You ready for it? I am. Let's get it. Just start it. Okay. And then we'll get to that. Go ahead. Cool. I will hold back. No worries, man. Um, I guess first of all, just thank you for even saying yes for doing it and being so humble about all of it. I mean, I already mentioned that, but thank you. Um well, thank welcome. You. And yeah, no, thanks for having me. No, that's the second part. Welcome. Um, welcome to Dudes Talk Rock Podcast. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's a good Saturday. Uh, I've done a lot of podcasts on a Saturday recently. Uh, my own, mm-hmm. you know, my uh, the van flip. Yeah. So um, it is what it is. It's uh, it's cool. I'm not talking to somebody internationally this this weekend, which is the first for like the last month or so. I've been doing Saturday podcasts, and it seems everybody is like overseas. So mm-hmm. we did one with a homie in Brazil, and like the time difference and everything was just so off. And then I don't know if it was because he was in Brazil, but the connection was really bad. And so like the yeah. audio came out kind of rough. We're going to have to redo it. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably the connection and him being in Brazil. Yeah. That's what I figured. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, I guess let's just start out. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Um, I know we, you know, let, we, we'll get to the lamb goat thing, obviously tell everybody what you do and who you are and we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm obviously my name is David. I go by Lurk on the internet, and uh, I currently am the owner of Lamb Goat. Uh, but I we just acquired it in the, mm-hmm. the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, I was doing the podcast for Lamb Goat for the last three years. So I created the Van Flip podcast, uh, basically with Alex, <clears throat> who was the previous owner. Mm-hmm. And um, prior to that, I mean, like you know. I've visited Lamb Goat since the early 2000s. Uh, that's when I started finding my own music online and everything like that. And uh, yep. I would go to Lamb Goat and I would go to the PRP back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Pimp Rock and Palace. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I eventually was like starting to learn how to make websites back around that time frame too. So like I'm like 14 years old learning websites and Uh, finding all this new cool underground music and i decided to throw my hat in the ring as well and create my own shittier version of like lamb goat or the prp so back in the day yeah back in the day i had a website called the hrn or the hard rock network okay yeah i remember that so i had the hrn and i ran that for a number of years until i became uh like too engrossed in music that i wanted to be the front man of a band so um perfect I I also did that in the mid 2000s, Um, and we were just like a crappy little band, like no real nothing really accomplished. But we did go on tour a couple times, and um, I didn't have time really to continue doing the HRN at that time. And um, I had run it for a couple years, like four or five years or something like that, and I honestly never even like made a dime off of it. Mm Um, I got some cool perks, obviously, like 
this is back in the day when they would send you like physical copies of CDs or shirts or anything like that. Like yeah. boxes would just show up at my house and I'm like a kid. So my parents are like, what is going on? And I'm like, Oh, I have this website. And, so you know, that's were, super cool. Were they from like Ferret, Trustkill, Eulogy? Yeah. 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 So all those. And um, like, I, I, like everybody, Hydra head, I would get like Ugh. botch just had their, I've been bringing up botch lately a lot because well, obviously yeah, yeah, for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Um, super so exciting but uh botches uh like ep the afghanistan and japan okay and yeah that, that ep uh i remember getting that in the mail i remember getting a bunch of stuff so i remember when that came out that was kind of like um not necessarily like a comeback but it, like they hadn't put out anything in quite a while i remember it was kind of exciting when that came out because at least i thought it was i don't know honestly at the time it came out i was unaware of who they were okay I kind of already knew who they were, and if I'm, I could be wrong about this, but I, I feel like there was like some time before like the previous release, and then that EP it came out, and I remember it was kind of like a little like, oh wow, Botch is doing something again. Like, if I'm remembering correctly, they had already probably disbanded, and right. then that thing came out. Right. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was like a collection of songs off of like whatever didn't make the last previous record, which I'm, th- I'm thinking is the Romans record. That sounds a little more familiar. Yeah, um, and I could be mistaken, but again, I didn't really. I was more into the new metal vibe of things when I when I started the website. So when I got into like bands like Hate Breed and Glassjaw and stuff like that from the new metal side, it yes. pulled me into the scene, uh, into like you know the hardcore metal scene, and then I just kind of like fell down a continuous hole, like I still am following following down falling it's down. Never ending, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that and I yeah. I would get a bunch of CDs, like boxes of CDs. Um, oddly enough, like from Ferret, Trustkill, all these bands, but also like small labels. Like I had, uh, I, I can only remember like albums that were sent to me that I didn't have a clue of what they were. So they, the, but the album cover stays in my mind. And only like as the years have gone on have I been like, oh, that was Modern Life is War. So like I had like, mm. you know, Fiddler and all these little, I'm trying to think of like all these smaller imprint labels at the time, but like Modern Life is War label, whomever that was, sent me some stuff. And I remember like listening to this stuff and going like, this is not my vibe yet. You know, like I would, I would hear a lot of that like hardcore punk stuff or hardcore Mm -hmm. and just be like, it's like a little too much. Yeah. I grew up like, I grew up like in pop music and, um, and like, you know, regular rock and roll. So like your, your parents listen to like regular butt rock, like their version of butt rock radio, you know? So like, where did you grow up? If you don't mind me asking. I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Home of uh, Limp Biscuits. That's why there's a lot of Limp Biscuit going on on my Twitter (laughs) and everything like that. Absolutely. That was huge. My brother, my brother looked just like Fred Durst with the hat and everything. He didn't even try to, but he did. And like, then he just ran with it. (laughs) I saw them. I saw them in 98 Mm -hmm. here in San Antonio. With oh, Clu- cool. yeah, it was with Clutch and Seven Dust. Nice. Yeah, it was a really that, and then after that, that's when Nookie came out. After that, and then they just yeah, because I, I I saw him right before that. The whole Nookie thing with uh, the cool thing about it was Stain was like nobody at the time, and so they came out there and played. And I don't know, I was a new metal guy too. We all were. We all yeah. talked yeah, about yeah. that before. Who was? Uh, yeah, I think you have to. This is part of the the journey Trans- you got to get in. Yeah, you got to get in there somehow. You're not going to just find, like, you know, and, like, there are people that, like, Colin, who is our editor, uh, and he just, he, he's been working with Lango for the last couple of years, and when we took it over, we uh, we kept him on. But, like, Colin, he's very, um, 
I don't want to say gatekeeper-ish, but, like, he definitely has his opinions on music, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, what he likes. And, like, he constantly is judging me for, like, my entry level of, you know, how I found this particular uh, genre of music and stuff. But, like, I try to tell him, like, I didn't have, like, an older brother that was fucking, like, and he lived, you know, he lived in, like, New England area. So, like, you're already, like, part of something way bigger than I'm going to be a part of in this little, like, part yeah, of my, my well, world. You're, yeah, you're not cool if you weren't breastfed Slayer and Metallica and, you know, yeah. Venom or whatever it may have been when you're yeah. baby. You know, you're not cool then. And none of that shit, none of that shit entered my wheelhouse until much later. Like, right. so I was already into, I was already into some stuff. And, like, when, when Colin or someone shows me something that's, like, older, like, and when I say older, like, you know, 80s, 90s metal or something like that, when I hear a bunch of that stuff, like I'm spoiled and like I like music so much that I like because I was also in like music production. And like I said, I listened to like all, I grew up on other forms of music. Um, the way it's recorded really fucking matters to me. And Absolutely. because like a lot of like early metal is just recorded in like a shoebox, it doesn't yeah. sound like great. <laughs> yeah. So it's really it's really hard for me to like get into it. I mean, I, I respect like. Yeah, early Metallica is early Metallica, and like they, you know, even though that sounds not the best, I like I can respect it. And like, there's some bands and recordings that are way worse than like Metallica. Like, you know, like the more underground bands from that time frame yeah. have worse have worse recordings. So it's even harder to listen to that stuff. But like, I didn't have an older brother feeding me shit, or like a group of friends that even <clears throat> knew about this stuff outside of me. Like when I was in high school, I started. You know, I already knew about Limbiscuit because they were local and stuff. And that's when I started to kind of like getting into like heavier stuff. Okay. And because they were local, it made like music such more of a like, like, oh shit, you could be in a band or you could, you know, whatever from my town, you know, it was one of those things. So like, Mm -hmm. it made me like focus on music a lot more. Not that I was like wanting to be Limbiscuit, but I mean, obviously, I definitely did want to be Limbiscuit as a kid. So like, It is what it is, but <laughs> West Borland, man. He's I awesome. was I was Jonathan Davis. I wanted to be Jonathan Davis. I get that. I can see that. Yeah. Did you see that new uh freak on a leash dog leash he created? <laughs> what? Yeah. He's got like a dog uh pet pet supply company now. Yeah. Freak oh, wow, I did not know that. Freak on a leash. That's cool. <laughs> not really, but it's only it's only 20 years late, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he would have been really good doing that a while back, but I don't know. But yeah, so, uh, you know, finally, eventually I found, you know, like I said, Glass Shot, Hatebreed, and then that just turned me on to like hardcore and everything like that. And yeah. I was, I was like the entry point for all my friends, right? And then eventually, like, <clears throat> they started getting the heavy music and we would trade back and forth and we started a band and we started like becoming involved in the local music scene here. And then that just kind of blew up like, you know, my, my uh, palette for all sorts of music. I fell into like the whole Norma Jean noise rock vibe like Norma Jean every time I die of like the yes. early 2000s like those shit notes and descent notes were like <sighs> were my thing and that was my like I, I grew up loving that currently it's like it'll change periodically like what I'm really really into and like currently right now I even hate admitting it but like I, I've gotten like softer for black metal like I, I can tolerate black metal more these days so I've like I found I myself checking it out a lot yeah and I then, can uh, and then hardcore I've become like bigger and hardcore as I've gotten older, like more with this or the other. But I know that metal is like metal is like the mainstay for or for Lamb Goat. So like, you know, I still do keep up with it. But 
Yeah, I don't know. The hardcore, <laughs> hardcore is just my thing right now, and like you know, it's uh, it might be because like the Furnace Fest vibe comes and goes throughout mm-hmm. the year, and then you know, I start listening to like more hardcore bands because of that to get uh, you know pumped up for that. But then I just remember, you know, like I was saying, like that Modern Life is War album that I got when I was a kid, like those all that shit was just. I remember seeing it when I was a kid because they would send me all these records, but like I wouldn't even know what the fuck the you know because I wasn't listening to it at the time. So yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I just like putting myself through a class of like you know all this other shit all the time because not that I am under the microscope, but because I do, I had the physician at Lamb go like you know if I don't know about something or don't yeah you're you're put on the spot <laughs> yeah it's it's really bad so I try to like listen to as much and know as much as I can, but it's like, it's impossible now. And it's impossible to keep up with like all these, like you were talking about metal and hardcore and that's just the, like the tip of it. And like, I get confused myself. It's either heavy or it's not to me. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever it is or not. But I mean, there's, it's just impossible to keep up with all this stuff now. And, And it's, there's so many bands, some are amazing and some are not so amazing, but there's, it's almost impossible to keep up with it. And then to, to to have the pressure of like oh you have to know because of who you are and like you you run Lamgo now you don't know this band you don't listen to this like what are you posting about you don't you know you have your gatekeepers that are getting mad at you because you don't know what you're talking about and like what is, who is this guy like you know what I mean my my brother's kind of like that in a way like yeah. if you if you're if if you say something that's wrong. Oh man, you better believe he wants to jump down your throat and tell you and correct you and be like, "No, that was eighty four, not eighty three. And it's like, "Oh, sorry, dude, I wasn't, I wasn't alive <laughs> yeah. then. I don't know." Like, and, and that's the like, <clears throat> I'm not clueless as to as to how beneficial that could be for me, right? To, to know that stuff. So mm. it's like I very, I very am envious of like Colin or like anyone that had like an older brother or who's just because I like I got into the hardcore scene early like very early 2000s like po- like 11th grade so that would have been like 2000 so like i got into like that around 2000 i remember like getting a nevergreen terrace cd who their local band as well hmm. evergreen terrace and slipknot and like some other shit and i remember going like this is totally different than the fucking metal that i'm listening to or like the you know the the bands i'm listening to that right. are heavy, was it, right evergreen was from over there in florida right yeah, they're from here. Oh, okay. They're, they're from Jacksonville. So, like, yeah. that was another thing, too. Another local band that was kind of, like, signed. But at the time, I didn't know what fucking level of record label they were signed to. You know, like, obviously, they were signed to, like, some label out of some guy's closet. So well, that's Eulogy, right? Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were from Florida as well. Yeah, Eulogy. Yeah. Um, Goddamn, dude, that, that label. Because <laughs> Evergreen Terrace. Because of Evergreen Terrace being from here, all those Eulogy bands would come through on tours, and they would tour together and stuff. So, yeah. Well, that's really... that's that's kind of how it happened here in San Antonio with my like uh, old band too. The same thing; they came through and they won a good show, and they always got it. You know. So, yeah. so he was in a band, and we've talked about it a few times. But like he was, they were signed to Pluto, which was like a oh, cool, cool, yeah, little label here. Um, I actually, not to sidebar you, no, I, actually met, I actually met that dude at Furnace Fest, Brian. Brian. I don't know. I think he does like. The Charon Collective. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, hmm. uh, you said Fiddler, right? Or Pluto? Pluto. Pluto. Yeah. Um, it's a Christian band. It's a Christian uh, label, I think now. 
Oh, but, uh, yeah, he was giving out some CDs and stuff like that of like I guess his bands on that label or like Christian metal bands or whatever. But um, yeah, I, who else was on Pluto? Like, was Horace on Pluto? Yep. <laughs> Horace. Uh, um, what became Azalea Dying? Right. Yeah. Well, Azalea Dying was there. Yeah, yeah. Azalea Dying was on Pluto. Okay. I think the first. I think the first. The very first. Like. Yeah, their thing. first. Their first full length, and then they did a a split with uh, American Tragedy, and that's how my band got involved um because uh the members of american tragedy had another band called the cause and played this club and we opened with them and um, then that linked us to meeting tim from asley dine who got assigned to pluto you know and did he hit you up to like maybe take care of some problems that he had in no relationship? That was before that time. No, we gotta we gotta let that rest, man. <laughs> I know it never will, but I don't know. Whatever. I mean, that, that's such a t- that's a touchy subject. Like it Alex really is. I, we Alex knew him personally, man, and he was never um, in that form. But then there was a time when a lot of singers uh, in in front men were doing you know roids and stuff to to look like a certain person. I don't know. I don't think that that time stopped yet. No, no. Yeah, some people. <laughs> For some people, dude, probably not. Dude, I don't know. Dude, that's was a, true. There that's was true. a drummer. There was a drummer of a band that was like getting back together at Furnace Fest. I can't fucking remember it. They played during the day, and I have to look it up and send you his uh, send you the band because you need to like impose a graphic of this guy because that <laughs> motherfucker is like I, I, he looked like uh, who's the dude with the Thanos dude? He was so fucking jacked. He was like. And then, like, they take a band photo afterwards, like, with the crowd, and he just stands. He's, like, shirtless and fucking, like, just rock, dude. Towering he's jacked, old. dude. He's not even not tall. He's just, like, wide as fuck. And he is, like, he puts the harm's way guy to fucking shame. But, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, like, if Ronnie from Rotting Out, like, was 2% body fat. And he and Ronnie could be. He was ginormous last time I saw him, and I know he's been working out continuously since the last two years so he's probably on the same pace as this guy but fuck dude this, this dude was like don't in the pit <laughs> with this guy but God. yeah he was shirt, shirtless drummer guy just fuck and he you know as a drummer it just looks so weird because he just was so oh, yeah he I'm uses not. his drumsticks his toothpicks and shit <laughs> yeah I'll have to send you I'll have to send you the band name so you can check it out yeah. I'll have to remember who it is and then fucking check it out <laughs> cool man so so you do the you do the the what was it HRN H&R? Yeah, I did. I did the HRN, the Hard Rock Network. Hard Rock Network. What and was your then, band uh, called? Oh man, I've like avoided this. <laughs> no. Since I since I got with Lamb Goat, uh, no. I've avoid I've avoided sharing this. My band's name was called uh, She Dies in December. And, Fuck yes, uh, that's so that's so <laughs> like dated. You know what I yeah, mean? For sure, it's that I time love period. It for sure. It's yeah. so dated. I love that shit though. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a full sentence, and there was death involved, and there was a female involved, and there yep. was a month involved. So yeah, heartbreaks involved in the title. Um. Uh, anyway, um, covers all, that, all the bases. Yeah, we we didn't really. Uh, we recorded a couple like small EPs. So there's a few songs like floating around on the internet or Soul Seek or something like that. But our big claim to fame as you may call a re- mm. uh as you want to call it uh would be we we did a cover song because again i'm from jacksonville and limp biscuit is like the, <laughs> cut, the you know the cookie cutter model of like how to be a band yeah um we covered britney spears as toxic and this was like before the cover uh, thing yeah b- before like pop goes punk was a yeah. thing and like before ecstatic lullaby did it before the uh, the demi bourgeois type band they uh, there was another band 
Cradle of Filth and Denver Borgia are one of those band like bands covered mm-hmm. that song too. And so this is before all that. The only other song that I could really have thought of that we kind of like stole the idea from other than Limp Biscuit, obviously was uh, Throwdown did the Baby Got Back cover. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they did so a rap cool. cover. They did a rap cover and I was like, that's fucking tight. And then I think like Nonpoint and Darwin's Waiting Room did like a medley of like rap songs. So I already had, and I grew up listening to rap being from Florida. So like I already had that in my head. I was like, it'd be tight to like hip hop and hardcore. So ingrained like the same thing, you know, like just make a, you know, hip hop or pop cover song. So we did that and like <clears throat> everyone, that's all everyone, anyone knew us for. Um, but one of the cool things that happened with that particular song, um, you guys are old enough. You probably remember hardcoremp3.com or hxcmp3.com. I don't know. hxmp3.com was like your first like. You could buy merch and stuff on there, right? Like they're like uh, it was it like was a like streaming more... service. It was oh. like 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 you know like on MySpace you could upload your songs. Yeah. yeah. So like. You could upload your songs to Hardcore MP3. Like you had like an allotted amount of songs. You could upload three or five or I don't know. I forget. But you could upload songs and people could listen to them. And oh, it was wow. basically it was basically like an audio player, but online. Kind of like Pure Volume was, right? Yes, but okay. like not as not as cool because yeah. Pure Volume was like an actual company and had yeah. money and stuff like that. Hardcore MP3 was like the dudes from PA Hardcore or something like that, I think. And they didn't have obviously as much money as like pure volume did at the time. So yeah, it wasn't right. as cool, but they had like a counter and it would like, you know, top songs of the week, the month, the, the year or whatever. Right. And I, I remember after a while, cause you could take, because of MySpace, you know, you could have like songs playing in the background of your personal profile, not your, mm-hmm. your regular profile before they added songs to the profile. Mm-hmm. And you would basically like, you know, code in MySpace to play this song in the background. And a lot of people in the hardcore scene would link the songs from Hardcore MP3 to their MySpace, and then you would go to like Susie's MySpace, and her song would be playing, but you wouldn't be able to turn it off or anything like that because it's just embedded into the oh, code. Oh, right I remember that crap. Yeah, you so you couldn't turn that shit off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. So um, I guess like some people did that with our song, that toxic song, and uh, at some point that song got over a million plays or something Whoa. like that. And this is like 2005 or something, That's so it's a not lot like back then. It's super huge, right? Yeah. Uh, I we had no clue what that meant because it was such yeah. it was such a so before all that even mattered, you know. And uh, the only thing that really mattered to me is like that one song has like so many plays, but our other songs have like 20 plays. What the <laughs> fuck, you know? <laughs> so it was it was more like I was worried about that, but i mean yeah being in a band was cool and like i'd I'd like and we went on tour a couple times and you know i played uh we played like a string of dates with force the band when they came to florida in like 2004 Mm -hmm. um so they went on some they went on some like weird long world tour thing in 2004 and they played like five seven dates or something like that in Mm -hmm. florida and we played five of them with them so that was cool um but yeah i mean did you ever come to texas no, we went up and down the East Coast. We never really like went anywhere west. Um, I mean, the whole idea was just basically like, can I get to Europe? That was like my goal with the band. Can I just go to Europe? And right. uh, I remember like we're driving somewhere, me and the guys in the band, and I was like, how does how do you go pro? Like, how do you just become a professional like touring musician? Like, what do you have to do? And then it dawned on me like you just were like 
Oh, you just like go on tour all the time. Yeah. You just you just do it. Yeah, and yeah. so you, you I go was full force. I was trying to like talk the guys into like doing that because also we're like out of high school. We are all like we're I mean living with our parents for the most part at this particular point. Like trying to go to either go to college or get jobs, and here I am going like let's just say fuck all that and like <laughs> yep. be a degenerate, you know. And um, <clears throat> I guess we did that for a time being and. You know, people's parents and girlfriends were like, "You need to get a job. What are you going to fucking yeah be in a band?" You know, and this is before like hardcore, like because now we're looking back, right? Twenty years later, and bands, you know, the ones that stuck it out are bands that stuck it out are doing. I mean, not saying that we had any, we were going to stick it out like that and become like, oh, we're Lamb of God. You ever heard of Lamb of God? That's my. <laughs> it's not like it's not like we're we were that, but like, you know, at the time there was nothing to gauge off of. Like, you know, Limp Biscuit was already kind of like coming down mm-hmm. off of there like high you know high highs so you know you're like ah fuck maybe music isn't maybe hardcore for sure isn't the way of like you know bigger bands aren't really fucking oh for sure man there, yeah i mean at least from and what i knew back then like there wasn't much room outside of the vfws and shit for the scene you know what i mean that that's that's about where it got yeah and a lot of like the kids currently i think you know, and this could be us just being like old dudes and like having lived through that. And obviously I didn't live through like the eighties hardcore scene in New York or anything like that, but I lived right. through, I've lived through like my scene here in town. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and I get, I get with the podcast, I do get to talk to a lot of bands like on a more intimate level. And we do talk about like the money side of things a lot, because I think it is important that people realize that there's no money in yeah. any of this shit. <clears throat> well, unless uh, you you like always are able to to have merchandise to keep you going because the venues don't even, pay. But know? even then, I mean, there's not like there's not money in it. Like yeah. there's not a lot of money in it. So like I I make that a point. Well, to, like kind of get people more involved, right? Like yeah. you listen to this stuff. Like you listen to this stuff, and like streaming this stuff is cool, and like. Yeah, you might buy a shirt here or there online or whatnot, but I, you know, I stress going to the shows because I think like a lot of people listen to this music for the first time, whether it's in headphones or somewhere like with a friend, and they're not, it does, it's not going to hit them right. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to was get, at a show or so. Right. It's, it's going to be more off putting. I think it's got bigger chances to be off putting because you hear some stuff that's like wild that you never really heard for the, for the most part. Yeah. And then, you're stuck trying to like figure out like what the fuck is going on. Whereas if you were at a show, <clears throat> you know, you can feel the music and it's like a whole vibe. The band, you know, bands playing live are better in general for the most part yeah. are better in general <laughs> and they're heavier and, they, and it comes across. It's like a whole thing. And like, that's something I tried to like, the whole thing with lamb goat that I'm doing now is just growing the, how can I grow the music steam? Like how can I get more people into underground bands? Because I don't want, underground music that i like to fade away because yeah. i thought it, i thought it would fade away when we were younger right so like i didn't realize and i've come and gone in the scene too like so like after the band kind of broke up and my band broke up and stuff like that i paid attention for a little bit but then like you know life happens and i just went yeah. a different route got into different things but i'd always like you know dip my foot back in because it's like it's who i was i just thought it was like a phase too for a while we all do. You know, yeah, but obviously it's not a phase. It's something I think about every day. You know, not all day, but I think about every day for sure. And um, well, I think it's something. I don't know where it's going with that, that point, but yeah, 
that's something to kind of prove that point, and we can even I mean it's current is the when we were young fest. I mean, I don't know. To a lot of people, it was a phase, but there's some lifelongers that are still doing that, and it proved that tons of people showed up for this Mm -hmm. festival. And I don't know. I've seen. I didn't go, obviously, but I've seen some of the footage on YouTube. I think it's kind of funny seeing some of these bands play, and they're all like older men now, and (laughs) they're still playing this like their their old kind of teeny songs that they're. I don't know. It's funny to me. Some of that stuff I never got into, but it. It to me it proves that it wasn't necessarily a phase. It is kind of here to stick. It's making a resurgence for sure. This whole like, yeah. pop punk yeah. thing, but like just the hardcore in the scene in general. Like like I mentioned earlier, there was there was nothing outside of the BFWs, but now you have bands like you said, like Lamb of God, and they broke through all sorts of ceilings, and they're they're like the biggest bands for us, but they're not big at all. You see what right. I'm saying? Like that's well, like in, what, in the grand scheme of things, they're not the but, Justin Timberlakes or something like yeah, that. No, they, no. They, they pull in like, you, you know, like they're doing like big shows and shit. And like, I just saw them uh, in September and like, it was a great show. And, you know, they are like top for us, right? Like for our community Change. or our mm-hmm. little, our thing, like they're the, like Turnstile, they're a huge band, but they, I mean, like Turnstile to me is like one of the biggest bands in our little world selling less than 50,000 records a year. Right. So it's like, there's not a lot of money in this. And so like, I'm, my whole goal is how can I get more people into it to get more people into the industry or into the scene and then to get, cause like, I don't want bands to not stick it out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, we, we've lost bands 20 years ago to now that, you know, are fucking great that mm-hmm. just, you know, they can't for some reason, some reason or another, they can't continue doing like their art. Right. So like there always should be a place for the art to come out. I think so like, I just want to like make it more viable in a way without like selling out. Cause like, obviously like you get bands like Lamb of God, which at this particular point, people in our little world may think they sold out. And so they may look at them differently because they're crossing over into like an Ozfest type audience or Slipknot type audience. Right. So, you know, you have people that like hate on bands when they get too big and I get, you know, sometimes I get a little guilty of that. Like turnstile, I may not listen to as much because it's like, everywhere now right right like in commercials it's like on the radio and it's it's all over so but sometimes i'm like damn that is a great record because that that record was out for a long time before they blew up right and um it just is what it is so like my thing is just get to the shows spend that money (laughs) uh you know let's create like a circle a continuous circle of just like Art being made and us ingesting the art and pain. I agree with you, but it's also yeah. a vicious circle because, like, to to keep going, some of these bands, like, okay, so I went to go see Knocked Loose not that long ago. I love those band, that band, they're great, and I would, I do support them, and I, I did buy a little bit of merch, but like, I didn't want to spend eighty dollars for a hoodie. Yeah, I get that. As much as I love them and like I'm a fan, but I know like. I understand like they maybe not need to charge 80 bucks, but you got to, you have to charge something to keep going. So like everything's gone up. So it's like, I expect it, but it's a vicious circle. Cause you have the young kid that's supposed to keep all this going. that can't afford the $80 hoodie. Cause he could barely afford the $40 ticket to get in. You know what I mean? No, I get that. I, I, so it's I mean, a vicious circle. And I'm not saying like uh, things need to be cheaper or anything like that. It's just, it, I don't know. I don't have a solution to it, but I get what you're well, saying, that, and I agree with what goes, you're saying about it keeping going. That goes along with like the economy and like how the country how the country is going. So like obviously yeah, yeah. like 
currently right now in the last like handful of years, things have made a lot of pricing in general go up all over the board. So like we all definitely see it in ticket and merch prices too. Yeah. No, of and it's not it's not ideal, but I think you know to combat that a lot like bands like Knock Loose and stuff like that. Like some of these bands merch is so expensive because they are they do like the streetwear thing to where like it's limited. So like we're going to make a yeah. hoodie and mm-hmm. this is the only time we're making this hoodie. So like yes. if you don't get this hoodie then you don't get this hoodie. And like you know w- with bands that we've grown up listening to like any band on Pluto since that's like 20 plus years ago if there's like a band tee floating around you're probably paying like a decent amount of money yes. for that for that t-shirt because like you know it's a vintage shirt vintage band shirt and it's an obscure shirt because no one fucking even remembers Pluto for the most part yeah. so like you you get all these band shirts that are getting flipped online for like you know 50 bucks and they bought it like you bought it for 12 back in the sh- at the show so like mm-hmm. you know it's stuff like that um and the limited run stuff is part of that, like, you know, merchandise uh, collector's world. So I, I get it. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, like, I bought a fucking glass jaw hoodie for 80 bucks, and I probably won't ever wear it because it's white. <laughs> and and it's you so, don't want to mess it up. Yeah. It's so pristine, perfect. It's, it's so fucking cool looking. And it's like, you know, part of their last tour or whatever with the anniversary thing. And um, I was like, I'm definitely getting it. But yeah, it was 80 bucks for it. And I probably will wear it around the house, you know, and that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh because it's it's white but it's it's, it's i'm obsessed with glass jaw and uh if you didn't know but yeah um, of course well for reason they're good they're great yeah, yeah. so yeah i probably won't ever Iconic. wear that bad boy out but cool man so oh so kind of i guess i mean i don't care how far off we get off tr- off track or not but so you're doing the website the band breaks up what what do you like what's the next step to get to where you're at now the real world and what was the real world just get a get a get a job like yeah, a nine to five kind of both yeah. yeah so this is like where i like flound you know I, I guess this is a cool story for people who are out there in the world boss i have like i have like imposter syndrome and i have adhd and stuff like that and like i'm always i'm always like i've always was like hard to pay attention to school and like you know i'm i was smart but like i gave two fucks about school you know what yeah. i mean then yeah. it's just like a thing and in the middle of the day and I couldn't wait to get out. And then like at some point when I started doing like the internet stuff, I couldn't wait to get out and do that. Like, you know, and sometimes I would do it in school when we got computers in school, like they didn't have built, they didn't have like, you know, blockers in like the first year, the first year or two of them doing that. And so like, I would be updating all my stuff and blah, blah. But um, after all that said and done, the band fizzled out, obviously, like, you know, you're in your mid-20s now, and people are, like, looking at you, like, what a mid-20-year-old should do, right? <laughs> so, you know, I kind of, I've, I've, like, bucked the system the entire time, unknowingly. Not like, you know what I mean? I thought that I was just, like, I mean, I am different than everybody, but, like, I also thought, like, why am I not doing everything, like, Steve's going to get a job, and he can fucking s- swallow having the same job for a year plus, you know? Why can't I do that? And so, like, I always like basically colored outside the lines and like I had a true artist or like spirit or whatever of like mm-hmm. not really doing anything. Um, and still so like I would do like graphic design, web design and stuff like that, like all that internet shit. And I never thought about it as like a job, like do it for somebody or get someone to do it, you know, like at a, at a business or something like that. So I would just work like random jobs here or there, whatever, you know, yeah. it's like just entry level kind of jobs for a while. And then um, at some point, you know, I started my company, my 
digital marketing and like design and whatever. It's like anything online I can handle. And that's kind of where that came from is like, I was doing all these odd freelance things for like 20 plus years. And like, I kind of know how to market, how to design, do all this stuff. Like if I needed, if I had like, if I wanted to make a video, I had to learn how to edit the video. And if I wanted to do the podcast, I had to learn how to do the podcast. So like mm-hmm. anything that I had to do, I didn't have someone to help out with or help me with or teach me or anything like that. So I had to learn all this shit on my own. So like 20 years go by, you know, and I'm floundering around in the world, just trying to figure out what my career is going to be. And, you know, this, or the other, and I started getting jobs at like corporate, uh, corporate jobs for like, being the web guy and stuff. I was like, okay. all right, cool. So I was like, I broke in that, you know, mold and like that imposter syndrome went away because I didn't go to school for any of this shit either. Right. So like, you know, I'm just out here in the world, like school, school of hard knocks, kind of just like figuring out how to do it. Grinding through like, life. Yeah. And no one, you know, when you're getting hired places, you're like, you're like you did, you, you had a music website for a while. And you're, I was like, yeah. So, I mean, like, I know like all the web stuff, you know, I'm just a web guy. So yeah. I've been around for a while, but Eventually, I broke that barrier and then got into that. Around the same time, I am um, on Twitter, and uh, I had a podcast with JP, who is a current uh, partner, and he um, was the guy on the podcast. Uh, he's like my he- he's been the helper on my podcast on the Van Flip since uh-huh. we started. <clears throat> but we had like a a basic ass podcast of like just pop culture and, and music and stuff like that. And because um, I've always been into podcasts. I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast all the time. Right. And I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I've been on the podcast game for longer than, you know, it's been popular. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I wanted to do one after, like, I saw Adam 22. Are you familiar with Adam 22 and the No Jumper podcast? Mm, I've definitely heard of it. I'm not too familiar with it, no it's a rap podcast and like it was a rap podcast, but he had like BMX people on there, DJs, skateboarders. And it was just like, I go, Oh, this guy is just like doing that. So I was like, okay. I knew previously from being on, um, to have previously to have my own website, I knew that all you had to do for most things was just to ask somebody. <clears throat> so like yeah. if you wanted to access to anybody all you gotta do is ask somebody mm-hmm. uh, it's not not attainable so i already knew that from a young age that you know because <clears throat> i was going to shows at like 17 16 around florida um or mostly here in town but eventually around florida um and i was like talking to bands you know in the, in the backstage green room in their vans stuff like that and i was interviewing all these people at a young age and only because i was this young stupid fucking kid and I emailed somebody and asked them. And they were like, yeah, sure. If you really think about it, like some 15-year-old kid, I mean, it happens a lot now because it's like it's a cool Yeah, it's much harder shtick. now. It's just yeah. cool shtick. But like I'm surprised that I was allowed, I was granted any access to any artist because I was just like a fucking kid, you know, just being like, hey, what's it like being on tour? You know, <laughs> like, or just the stupidest questions. But yeah. I mean, not not that my my questions have gotten much better, but you know, uh, so we we did our own podcast for a little bit, and then uh, I saw Adam tweeting Lamb Goat because Adam is Adam is like a hardcore kid, like a, a BMX kid from like Massachusetts or like uh, New England. So he's mm-hmm. familiar, like he grew up in this stuff, but he just you know has been into rap and like underground mm-hmm. hip hop. So. Um, 
he you know he followed lamb goat or something like that and they had like a twitter exchange and i just tweeted at lamb goat and i was like hey where's the lamb goat podcast um you know if you need help making one just let me know wow and then um that tweet basically got alex's attention somehow some way i don't know and um we started having like phone conversations about it and then eventually you know he just let me do the podcast and we had like an agreement uh between each other and yeah so damn i just basically tweeted him and got the podcast started and then we did the first one was franz from yeah. yeah and um we talked about eulogy a lot because obviously he purchased eulogy or he bought the rights to all well, that stuff you guys talked about like money and stuff a lot you mentioned earlier how you're talking about how you get to have those conversations with bands and like i was going to mention this how like a lot of bands they have other ventures and other streams of income yes and that was like a big thing that y'all talked about on that one yeah and again like uh, i shouldn't probably say this but i don't do a boatload of research on these guys before i have on the podcast because you know i kind of want to go i kind of want to go natural so like that's but also time dude but also it's like when i'm doing that i'm not thinking of important things that maybe like their fan base wants to know about you know like because they have like they're more up to date with what band x is doing than i may be because that's their favorite band right so it makes me do it makes me sometimes come across like i'm just clueless about stuff but also like i'm not trying to have like i'm pretty sure that that person's talked about whatever topic 14 times with 14 other people so i'm trying to talk about stuff that they don't talk about normally and you know that's 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 Mm. my thing with the with with the podcast bro you i I feel so reassured that you said that because like that's I not trying to mimic anything you're doing, but that's exactly kind of what we do. And we I'm a little nervous about, about some of these names because I'm not too familiar with some of the, the bands. One of them being honestly Trey with creeping death. I'm not too familiar with creeping death. I didn't have, I mean, go back and listen to mine. I didn't, I didn't know who they were really. You know so, I mean? I know who they were, but like, I didn't know them at all. And so like when I had them on, it's just like, you know, it's like, and depending on how long you've been doing it and how long you've kind of like been talking with bands and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like and what your experience level is like you'll realize i guess it was really good for me because i had them at my house right so like when we started like they would just come to my house and my living room and you know we would either like fucking smoke some pot or drink some fucking drinks or whatever and it kind of loosens everybody up absolutely and then like we have that like personal rapport already before we start Mm -hmm. and then of course then we start and we talk for like 90 minutes or you know two hours or something like that and it's just a relaxed vibe. So like you have to like get the guard, you have to like get their guard down a little bit, but also like you got to be, you're, you'll, you got to find your way of how you want to talk to them. Or like, right. Cause again, it's real easy to do the same fucking questions everyone's doing. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's real easy to like have dead air on a podcast. And then like your, the time in your head is going by so much quicker than it actually is in real time. So like every time there was dead air, like I would, my body would just like yeah, tense up and like <laughs> say something, you know, yeah. so like, you know, so it, a lot of that stuff, like I, you, I had to like, just start telling myself to shut the fuck up. If there's, if there's dead air, let that other person get awkward and let that other person say something and let them lead the conversation. So you can just follow them. Like, and I tell them all that before we get on, I'm like, you can go anywhere you want. I'm going to follow you. It's not like we'll talk about music clearly because you're a guy and you're in a band, but like, let's talk about whatever else. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like I, I did Anders or is it? Yeah. Anders from In Flames recently. Okay. And like, 
of course, we talked about the new fucking record and all this fucking tour that he's doing and yada, yada. But then, like, we start talking about how he has a love for barbecue and how he has a love to cook and all this other shit. And, oh, like, you know, true. he goes to, like, culinary, um, like, you know, five-star culinary graded restaurants and shit. And I, like, you know, I'm like, that's cool. Because, like, I also have, like, a thing for cooking. I like Anthony Bourdain and all that other shit. And, yeah. like, you know, I, I got really into that. And uh, it's just cool to find out these parts of people that are in bands that you only think about in one way. It's cool to think about these people as regular ass human beings and like, yeah. oh. Due to recording difficulties to our stupidity, here is a word from our sponsor. Hey dude. Hey, Greg. 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 <gasps> what dude? What the hell, man? You can't hear me calling your name? No, man. I got the heavies on. Oh, you got the heavies on? I heard about those things, man. Those those new headphones engineered for metalheads with two frequency ranges and four drivers lets you hear metal the way it's meant to be heard. Oh, dude. Can you imagine the nasty breakdowns on those things? Go to heavies.com and get you a pair and make sure and tell them the dude sent you. And now, back to the show. Also, like fucking, you, you know, like Corpse Grinder likes to go to fucking Target and play claw machine, right? Right. Shit. So, like, that stuff's cool for people to. I think people are realizing that it's cool to know that stuff, and I'm just trying to pick that out of that person because a lot of people in like the metal world, um, they're just you know you have to have like a certain per fucking sona and mm-hmm. you know you're a tough guy fucking all of the things, and so <laughs> I, I just want to get I, I want to give people more of like the guests than they would give in like an interview. That's why I like a longer version of it too. And uh, all sorts of shit, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that, but that's how I got it. And, you know, one thing led to another. And next it, thing we, you we, know, yeah. how many years later, three years later, you said? I think we started in 2018, 2018, 2019, but I didn't, I haven't done it for a year. Right. So the podcast, I haven't released a podcast episode in over a year. Yeah. Is it still a thing? Yeah, it's still a thing. Okay. I just... So I guess we'll just jump into the acquiring lamb goat story so we can Do talk about... Want. I mean, I well, that, yeah. Then I can explain why there hasn't been a guest. Okay, well... So, you know, I was just doing the podcast. How did you podcast. acquire lamb goat? <laughs> <laughs> I, was doing pod, I was doing podcasts for like, you know, two years or whatever. And um, not that it wasn't growing, you know, or anything like that it definitely was growing but it wasn't growing as like as much as i think it should have and then i started right. thinking like lambda's lambda's not really growing as like i think it should have either so you know i was getting frustrated just by my in my in my head right i wasn't like expressing this to anybody at all but like i would be getting frustrated at like either alex being very lackadaisical about lamb goat in general or not and again, this is in my head, like not promoting to the extent that I think it should be like episodes of the podcast or, or things that we do. Cause like at some point he just started just doing news and didn't really do mm-hmm. anything outside of that. Like not re- no reviews or features or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I was the only one doing the video content. So that's all that I was handling. <clears throat> but, um, you know, so I started to get like a little frustrated with that. And like there JP and I, 
would you know talk all this like grandiose talk about like what if one day you know we ran lamb goat it wasn't about like take it over or anything like what if we just like made the decisions and ran lamb goat and blah blah but again that was like two years before it actually went down and right you know uh it was like a pipe dream situation and again like i'm floundering about life trying to figure out working these jobs and just really wanting to do music stuff because like at some point i realized my passion is like just go back to passion and along that same timeline is when the lamb goat thing kind of came to fruition mm. as far as like the podcast i i made a conscious choice because i was doing other things <clears throat> uh i was doing other hobbies or interests or something like that and it was just like i'm spending so much goddamn time on this and i'm really not getting where i would like to be it's like continue with this or like do something different and i chose to do something different and then by doing something different i was like i want to go back to like what I was obsessed with and what I was obsessed with was the HRN type stuff, like, you know, running that website, posting everything about that industry or mm -hmm. the scene and, and everything. And so oddly enough, I was like thinking about building something or making something. And then the lamb goat thing, I just got the lamb goat podcast and I was like, well, that's my end. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I was going to ride that in. And uh, with that, you know, I got access to a lot of people instantly and uh, you know, I could email people and talk to people I talked to Alex about the website itself, you know, like we went back and forth and I feel like he kind of took some of what I said to heart or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, cause he, they didn't have a mobile web. They didn't have a mobile version of a website until mm -hmm. like last year, like last July is when they switched over to the first mobile friendly version of a website It's 2021, you know what I'm wow. saying? Like, so it was a basic that's real behind the curve on that one right and that also affected a lot of things too like it affects traffic it affects this, affects like you know uh searchability readability all these other things for like a casual user so the casual user that goes to lamb goat for the last 10 years they have to fucking want to go to lamb goat because you have to like yep. zoom in on the screen you know you, you the links are smaller it's so mm -hmm. like so the crowd that goes to lamb goat now uh especially if they've gone on their phone and they still continue to come. Those dudes are fucking, they're not going anywhere. They're going to continue coming to lamb goat. They, you know, they love the, it's like the whole thing for them. And that, and it's cool. And you see that in the industry too, when you're out at these, when you go to events and meet people, like how ingrained lamb goat is. And so again, I'm finding all this firsthand. Like I'm seeing all this stuff firsthand when I go to like furnace fest or shows or anything like that. Yeah. But when I talk, when I talk to anybody, they all know lamb goat. Everyone loves lamb goat. The people that don't love lamb goat are the people that hate anonymous comments or like the handful of bands that don't like, you know, the, the anonymous comments, which there are some. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I think every, every band that's, you know, on that, that list of yours is, has gotten comments from people across the country. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you can't please everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, the comments are the comments are the comments. Yeah. It is what it is. They're not going anywhere. We're going to keep them around like that for well, the, forever. Yeah, I, that's how we used to book tours. I mean, you guys used to promote us, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like when people hate on the comments, or like when bands have an issue with us, it's like I didn't realize this until like after a few times this happened. But I was always trying to like, like cause I've been approached by a few bands before about the comments and them just not liking, you know, Lamb Goat because of the comments. And it's like, fuck you because it's not us it's the it's the audience right yeah. it's like the fan base it's like either your fan base or people that don't like your band or people in your band or people in other bands 
that you know that are just fucking knocking on you. Because, like, we all know that bands post on there too anonymously and or under accounts. So, like, in the last 23 years, bands would go on there and rip everybody. I mean, like, and that's just the culture within yeah. Lambgoat. Like, it's not... Yeah, that's it's, the internet culture. You have your trolls, dude, and people yeah, are just well, going to do it. And it was different, but it was different for... I feel like it was different for us in that scene because we were... It was kind of like a a tight knit little scene and we would always make fun of each other. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so most of that stuff is like comedic or trying to be funny. Like someone's trying and I always tell them it's, or tell people it's like the worst comedian doing the worst jokes. That's what it is really on lamb goat comments. (laughs) Like, you know, people they're just, they're really bad comedians and they're trying to make jokes, but they're just given like really bad jokes. And some of them are actually obviously like overly offensive and they try to be overly offensive and like shocking and awe and all that stuff. And so that's why the comment report thing is there. So you can report a comment and then we, you know, that brings it to us that we, yeah. cause like, let's be real. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't have time to read let's every fucking comment that no. comes through there. Right. So it's like, what do we want me to do? And it's not moderated by like a thing or an AI or, or yeah, there's no AI thing or there's no person dedicated to it. It's not like, like, Lambda is super independent, like super independently run. It was even more independently run when Alex had it because it was just him. It was mm-hmm. just him, and he had like a full family, like five kids and a whole thing. Like he had other full time jobs. So like, I'm surprised anything got done on Lambda. To be honest with you, now that I'm in the seat that I'm in now, <laughs> but like, it, so kudos to him for doing that. But again, that ties it back into like my frustrations of like, you know, I'm looking at Lambda from on one side of like the Wizard of Oz curtain. And thinking that he should be able to do these things and promote and, you know, do other deals or, you know, I don't know, you know, grow Lambgoat, right? So, like, it just seemed like a no-brainer that Lambgoat had the ability to be grown. So, you know, we started, um, I started really thinking about it personally to myself. And then mm-hmm. one night we got, uh, we were at Furnace Fest, not this last year, but the first the first one. Or not the first one, but the first one back. The first redo or whatever. Yeah, the first one back. So no. I, um, I'm i going to look for something, but I'm going to continue the story. I'm just going to walk right over there. You're fine, dude. So we were at the um, this bar called, called Marty's Peanut. And uh, we were at this bar called Marty, Marty's PM. And it was like a little membership-only place. We had our little event with the band with bands there this past year because uh, to like pay homage to us going mm-hmm. there the first time, but it was like a little kind of like dive bar. Uh, they, you could drink past like two o'clock cause it's like a membership only type thing. And um, we were just hanging out there just having drinks after having like a great day at Furnace Fest. Cause like when we go to Furnace Fest, we get like certain access because not like special access, but like they're way more lenient on us going places. I would, I, I feel like because Almost like go, a press access kind of thing. Well, we do have press, right? Yeah. But I, I, I feel like we are allowed to do a little bit more than regular okay. press because they know what. Like the guys who do Furnace Fest know Lamb Goat. Not right. like they don't, we don't work together, but they're like, oh my god, we love Lamb Goat because like you guys supported us back. Our, yeah, the original exactly. times and all that stuff. So like yes. we exactly. we have this like little relationship with them, and um, so yeah, yeah, we we just were like living on cloud nine because like you know we went to Furnace Fest and we'd all been looking forward to it, and the pandemic had gotten over, and uh, you know we were fucking watching our favorite bands like from side stage and all this other stuff, and it's just like really cool. So 
Uh, and I got to share that with some other people. And it kind of like, because no one, like no one in my direct friend group or in my wheelhouse gives a fuck about any of this cool shit that I do with lamb goat <laughs> or like it doesn't register on the radar. Right. Like yeah. when I post on my personal Facebook page, like, holy shit, got to fucking meet and hang out with Jacob Bannon of Converge. Like three people know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> and of those three people, like one cares. So like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really not disheartening, but it also is like, God damn, like, and I don't want to like bitch about it on my Facebook. Like you motherfuckers, like this is like cool shit. <laughs> they just have no idea. They don't, they don't have any idea. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. So anyway, yeah, it's like, you, you get frustrated with that. So I, we are talking at the bar and I'm like, I'm just, I'm telling them like, you know, cause I was, I did the podcast like every week had an episode that year leading up to furnace fest. It was like a year plus of like every week had an episode and like, that's work, I, man. Right. And yeah. I like, I was like, I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to sort of record, 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 and just make sure I have an episode every year and see what happens regardless of like, you know, cause we also had a deal with, uh, we had a deal with like a network and we were a part of the network and everything like that. So I was like, I'm just going to put it, all my eggs in that basket and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And obviously it didn't, didn't do anything like I thought it would like, you know, like the growth for the podcast wasn't ideal. You know, I, I, Alex didn't seem to like care more about the podcast or whatnot. You know, he Mm -hmm. was more focused on the bread and butter news, which is fine. And uh, so, you know, at the bar, we're talking, I'm getting fucking drunk and we're again, riding high off of fucking having a great day. And I'm like, man, you know, I get so frustrated because I don't know if I want to do the podcast. Like, I was like, I don't know how I want to do it because it's like, why am I doing it? Right. Like, you know, if, it's, if we're not going to grow it, if they, if he's not going to like, you know, grow it or do it, like, why am I wasting my time? Like, I even thought about like going somewhere else. Like, would I approach like another outlet and just be like, hey, you obviously see I do the fucking the Van podcast. Like, let's do some, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, can I use Van Gogh as a jumping, like a right. step tool to a different platform or a different thing and so we started talking and then dylan uh who's a partner now he just goes why don't you just buy it and i go bro i don't think you realize a how much it would cost and then b like how much work it would be i like i can't do all that alex can't do it by himself so that whole conversation led into like the, the four of us at that table you know jokingly talking about buying lamb go mm-hmm and you know when you're drunk and stuff like that, the next morning you're all like looking at each other, fucking <laughs> like, what did we talk? What did we talk about last night? Mm-hmm. And then um, you know we had the rest of the weekend. It was a fun weekend. And on the way home, you know, on the way home, I was like, so how real of a joke are you like? Because you know, like you're, yeah. Dead, but I'm like, how, how real of a joke you're are we dip, talking? You're, to? you're dipping that toe in the in the water. It's like so. Yeah. Who was serious about that drunk conversation? Yeah. And so it turns out everyone was. And that just got the wheels turning. So like wow. that we decided to bring it up to Alex. So that's step one, right? Alex yeah. doesn't sell it. You know what I mean? He doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't have to sell it. He doesn't have to do it. Uh, Cause he just does it as a hobby. It's not a, it, he doesn't, his income isn't really based on that. I mean, it helps it out, but it's not based on lamb goats. So, right. You know, we started talking about like, well, how do we do that? And so I, you know, I had to have a tough conversation with Alec, which it's not a tough conversation looking back, but you know, building up the the, the balls, cojones. the fucking, 
Yeah, to fucking ask him, like, hey, I want to buy your fucking your thing you created and I've guided for 23 years. I want to take that off of your hands. Like, that's a big thing. And, you know, I didn't think that it was a, I didn't think it was going to be as easy. And it wasn't easy, but like, you know, he was open to the idea. And I was like, okay, that's step one. So, you know, I went back and told the guys, I'm like, oh, you know, I, he's thinking about it, whatever that may mean. And, um, the long short of it is, you know, we went back and forth for like nine months or something like that. And uh, I didn't do the podcast because I didn't want to add value to the brand and everything like that. And, you know, because I didn't want to keep doing the podcast and then in our negotiations or something like that of like purchasing the brand, something happened. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, land is more valuable now because of this thing that's happened or like the traffic that this has garnished or the deals that has has happened so i didn't want to add anything to that so i was like all right i'm just gonna step back let him just do the news and you know that may have affected traffic that may have not probably not or anything like that but you know i didn't want to give i didn't want to have to pay more for something that i was buying because i was doing something for it right so um that's what we, we did. And that's kind of where the hiatus came from. And I don't think a lot of people know that, but that's where the podcast hiatus came from. Mm-hmm. But like, we've definitely, I've definitely have like podcasts recorded in the can that I've done last month. So okay. we're, we're about to launch that off uh, again. It's just, there's so much mm-hmm. with, with, with getting our feet under us with lamb goat that I didn't want to like bite off too much and then like have like just basic operations stuff flounder because I wanted to do the podcast and we all have day jobs still too. And, and everything like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's all that, but so yeah, those nine months went back and forth and, you know, it's mostly like talking about price and, and us kind of like getting together, like how much, you know, do we have and what do we feel comfortable with? And then like, obviously negotiating a price with Alex and um, all that, but you know, it, Alex and I, we we had like a lot of long talks throughout the time that we uh, worked together, even before we started talking about, uh, you know, purchasing it from him. Right. Like, and I feel like, you know, we would have like hours, hour long talks, like one, two hour long talks about lamb goat and then just about like music and stuff like that. So part of me feels like he knew like, because uh, another thing too, I should point out is metal sucks and metal yeah. injection was purchased by the orchard in the time frame that we were talking about this. And mm-hmm. so I really got worried that I was like, Oh shit, I don't want someone to come offer Alex, you know, some fucking exorbitant yeah. amount of money. Right. Or something like that. So I was then like talking to Alex and making it more like, you know, cause I, we talked about that, that purchase that the orchard did of those, those companies and, you know, um, blast beat network yes. is, um, our ad network. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why we were talking about that purchase and how that was going to affect, you know, Lamgo going forward. But I also was like, hey, you know, I think it's important that Lamgo stays independently owned, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to like drop those little nuggets just in case someone comes, you know, a knock in or whatnot that I feel like, you know, we've had conversations enough and he knows where my mindset is on not only just maintaining the website, but the brand. I think the most important part to me outside of the huge database of knowledge that lamb goat is as far as like a museum style database for mm-hmm. like yeah. things that happened in our hardcore and metal scenes yeah. for like 23 years. I like, that's something that's, 
I hold near and dear to my heart now that I own it. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we don't take lightly. And it's something that we know, knowing going forward, we are going to be, you know, cataloging and databasing all the stuff that happens from here on out. It makes us approach it in a certain way to where like, you know, that's why I don't give a fuck about the comments because like the yeah. service that Lambda does for not just like, you're thinking about it on a personal fucking level because like someone made some joke about like something that, yeah. you know, fucking happened to you when i get that there's certain levels to that, but dude for the most part the internet is the internet and mm-hmm. your local news station is having your local news stations facebook comments are way yeah. worse than fucking lambo comments and yeah. those people tie their faces and personalities <laughs> and identities to those comments and these people don't and they're still you know not as bad but you know we do a service and it's not like the world should like pass on the back but like if if two percent of what you get from Lambo is shitty fucking troll comments. The other 98% is like such a positive for not only like the user, but like the industry, the fuck, you know, it's such a, it's such a utility. Yeah. And then that's why like now going forward after, you know, having that conversation a couple of times with that have an issue, like just brutally with it or brutally honest with it and just be like, I get that you don't like it. And that's a personal obviously but like you're you can hate us all you want your band can hate us all you want we're not going to not post about you we're going to post about you it's not like we you know there, there are certain bands we don't post about because we don't feel they need us posting about them yeah. like like ghost or you know and five finger death punch and those aren't really yeah. our wheelhouse bands but right. you know um we will post about bands that are underground and small because we want to bolster that scene and if the shitty comments and you don't and they offend you and stuff like that please know 99.9% of the bands that come on Lamb Goat or that are on Lamb Goat, they are stoked to have the fucking shitty comments written about them. It's like a badge of honor, right at a passage type thing. Yeah. And so like there are there are articles where we post stuff and no one comments and we're like, yeah. oh damn, you know, like so there's that. But anyway, we're bouncing all over, boys. That's um, the point, right? Yeah. So what long story short, we definitely acquire Lamb Goat. I mean, we secure them. I mean we jump all the hurdles, right? There were so many hurdles like to when we signed everything and and uh, everything in July. And, you know, we had a little, we all don't live in the same area. Dylan lives in San Francisco. He's from here and I met him here, but he has, he lives on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we had like a little celebratory like evening, me and Jay went and played pool. Cause again, no one gives a fuck about anything that we're doing no one cares about us getting lamb goat really in our personal lives. Like there's a handful of people that are at like shows that like know what's, know what's up and that they think it's the coolest thing, but like our friends don't have a fucking clue. Now they're starting to see it because we're always at shows and like Mm -hmm. we're doing a lot more just because we own it and we're benefiting from the content that we're creating. So like people are now like going like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, you stupid dumbass. Like what the (laughs) We've think always we been there. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, yeah. Meanwhile, there's a whole community of people that are like, probably like very, very envious of like hearing this story of, or not envious, but like, think that not only is it cool, but like, fuck, this dude did that, and I could have done, like, you know what I mean? Like, That's you have thing. a whole That's community of people that, in a way, probably kind of look up to you, but like, I don't, I don't think that, but like, the, the what I want, like, if there is a story to come from my fucking story. It is that, like, I was the kid that colored outside the lines all my life. I didn't follow any of the rules. I didn't think I fit in anywhere because I wasn't, like, I didn't want to.
conform to like society's norms, even though like I may look a certain way or do a certain thing, like I don't like, I don't want to work for somebody else. I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to work for somebody else. I never wanted to do something that was like remedial or stupid or, you know, like, and to get a job that's like, that pays well or does other things. Like you, sometimes you need a college degree or you need the experience or something like yeah. that. So like, you know, I, I didn't have the college degree and at the time I didn't have that experience, you know, until level of my career or whatever. But all that being said done is like, I feel like that all groomed me to know whatever I need to, I needed to learn to put myself in a position to like purchase a brand. I've worked with brands for de- you know decades now, whether they're large or small, and you know I've gr- I've started brand brands I've consulted on brands and stuff like and so no one's ever given me like full like reins on right. something like that mm-hmm. so this is the first time that this is the first time like uh, any of us really have like full say on anything like that and again like the brand is established for 23 years and it is kind of one of those things where people do know about it and so it's constantly like you know before we even sign the paperwork and stuff like that I had like a week full of like panic attacks like periodic panic attacks because like it's such a big daunting task like mm-hmm. it is it's it's cool like by all means it's cool but it's daunting as fuck and like i want i was like will i be able to carry that burden of like keeping lamb goat the same not changing lamb goat keeping lamb goat the same growing lamb goat keeping it the same you know not conforming to whatever you know woke I, don't, I hate using woke narrative but like you know whatever fucking progressive narrative is and, you know like whether it's hurtful <laughs> hurtful words in the comments or something like that like i don't want to cave into like whatever notion is going on whether it's a trend in the metal music or you know in verbiage uh in everyday society so it's like we you know and i'm not we're a metal we're a metal website we're not a political website we're not like a social network where, where you can share your opinion, yeah. where you should share your opinions and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. you know, I don't, whatever they post, they post. And like, if it's like school shooter type shit, then we'll take it down. But yeah. if it's just like a fucking comment that you're like, this is fucking, this is XXX or whatever. It is that to you. It's not to everybody. So, you know, we're, we're, we're all like free speech guys too, yeah. for the most part. So we let a lot of shit just slide, but where the fuck were we at, dude? So we signed the paperwork. Oh yeah. So my, the story, I want people to know that like you can totally think you're a fuck up and you know, all this other shit. And like, not that you can manifest things, but like if you start focusing on certain things, things will just line up. And, um, there, there, I, every day, dude, I, I talk to the guys and I'm like, it's fucking wild that I'm, that we're sitting where we're sitting now and we own lamb goat, you know? And, um, you can do anything. And that's the thing that the, that's what should come across is like, yeah, I sent a tweet, you know, I sent yeah. one tweet. Yeah. And then three years later, I now own the company. That doesn't happen all the time. You have to navigate your own life and carve out your own path. But like, think you're doing things right now that are prepping you for what you're going to do later. And if you look yeah. at life like that, it's more beneficial. And like, again, I've listened to the Rogan podcast so fucking long that all those self-help guru type fucking episodes just kind of seep into your brain. And like all that shit is like helpful. It's all, it's, it's like, it's whack in its own. It's whack sometimes, but all that stuff is true. It's just people trying to, they're trying to benefit off of that knowledge or that, Mm -hmm. that those sayings and stuff. But like, 
old sayings are true because they are true. You know what I mean? It's not just coincidence that, you know, you do a certain old saying or an old wives tale or something like that, that actually comes to pass. There's a reason for it. So that's basically that. And yeah, I mean, I successfully navigated that and navigated a, on top of just acquiring Lambgo, like we had navigated a, a transaction of a brand and of a business. Like I'd never done that either. Right. So we yeah, never, mm-hmm. we never did any of the business stuff on it. Cause like, that's it, a whole other it, world. It's right. a, it's a at museum, first, man. Yeah. At first you're thinking, at first you're thinking like, I'm just going to buy it and this is ours, but no, there's like so much in the transitional part, like learning how to use the website was a whole thing too. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, just the business aspect of like, cause he lived in Pennsylvania and I lived in Florida. So like we had to transfer the business from there to here and, all this other stuff. And there's still things that we're tying up loose ends to. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, this is our fourth month of owning it, but it's been like so fun. Honestly, it's been a headache. It's been a headache. And it's, it con- it's a thing that now I constantly think about it all the time. Um, because now we're like journalists and I didn't want to be journalists, you know, but now we're all journalists in a way <laughs> and breaking news is breaking news. So we got to be up on top of that stuff for the most part. Um, but it's been mad fun, and uh, the things we have planned going forward uh, are are really fucking cool. Uh, just because there's there's so much space in the metal industry or metal world that we can like fill uh, with with cool content and just like things that that aren't really necessarily like TMZ style, yeah, BuzzFeed articles. Like no, and I'm not hating on anybody. Obviously, it's like. The, the name of the game is clicks right yeah yeah for ads revenue um but we're not going to be putting out like top 10 breakdown lists or some shit like that like you know what i mean like we're going to make we, we want to do like cool content um and when i say cool content just like not clickbaity kitschy right. lame stuff like we want again it's just like more in-depth kind of content and like you said that you were just referencing the museum thing like we're approaching all of the content creation like that like this is going to burn forever on our on our you know website or uh our social media platforms or our youtube so like let's make it you know let's not make it they can look back five ten years from now going like oh look how fucking lame these were back in the day you know like we want to we want to make sure it's like curated and in some way top notch as what we to us at least you know top notch but um yeah the sky is the limit now man like lamb goat's gonna be doing a lot of cool shit and it's been really cool because like i've had a lot of firsthand experience dealing with you know people in the industry bands in the industry meeting their shows meeting with furnace fest or other festivals and stuff like that and meeting other people that are involved in the backside of all these things like all the pr people all the festival you know booking people all the tour people um, everyone, everyone knows and loves Lamb Goat. It's just how do we bring? And a lot of people forgot Lamb Goat was around because, again, you know, it was hard to visit the website. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's an uphill battle to grow brand again because obviously Lamb Goat peak was way like ten years ago or something. So we're trying to get a resurgence peak. So that's what we're really tasked with, and um, it's really cool. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun next year. The, I think next there's a lot months. of records coming out soon, so there'll I, be some. I, I think you okay. So with the word resurgence, I think with the resurgence of of music in general coming back, but like there there is a resurgence of like like for one with like the the pop punk and the emo stuff going on, and 
you know, the metal's never really fully gone away, but it's it's coming back, I think, like bigger. I think that it's going to do some, I mean, it's going to keep caring. That's that's what you guys do. You're a metal website and it's going to keep going. So I think that's going to happen. I think it's great. Um, one of the things, what like, what do you, what do you have in, what, if you can say anything, like, what do you have in store to bring to, to Lamb Goat now that, that you can, you have the reins, like you said earlier, what, can um, anything? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell you like specific no, I don't, con- I mean, just, content ideas, but like, just some of the, like, what, like, what do you bring into the brand? You know what I mean? Um, so basically like, so my backstory on the other things would be like marketing and, uh, like I was the guy in our band that booked the tours that was hustling online, like that's on MySpace, over here, talking yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that's where like I legit cut my teeth on like networking. Right. Like I didn't know at the time what I was doing. And that's why I was saying like earlier, you're doing things now that are going to carry into you to whatever it is you want to do. You just don't even know it. So like as a kid, I was networking and I was networking a lot cause I had my own website. So like I talked to Josh from Trustkill back in the day, like, mm-hmm. you know, when we were, when we were both like 20 something kids and like, I was exchanging like banner deals with him to like, mm-hmm. Hey, I want to put my banner on your website. I'll put your banners on my website for your, you know, cause obviously like that's relevant. Yes. All his band, I'm posting about all his bands. So, um, you know, we had that community, we had that little relationship 20 something years ago. And then now I'm looking over there and there's two boxes of fucking CDs he sent me like a couple months ago. And it's like literally like the entire trust Kill discography. Cause I collect CDs and vinyl and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And, um, he just sent me a bunch and a bunch of them I didn't have. So thanks, Josh. Kudos. Josh. He's another um, dude I want to get on here too, actually. I, I, oh yeah. He's, I tried he's to a cool hit him up a couple times. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll send him your way. Not that I have that pool, but I'll let him know I did your podcast that you guys used to do it. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot of stuff. I mean, like, Lamb Goat had a, uh, oh boy, probably going to open up a bag of worms. Uh, Lamb Goat had a record label uh, in 2007, 2008. And um, Alex put out two CDs, two, two albums by two different bands. Uh, one of them was Unholy. Uh, that was one band, and that's actually a band that we used their song for the theme song on the Van Flip because we owned that yeah. song, so uh-huh. I could use it. And um, the other band was Lie by Mistake, and that was one of their oh, first yeah. albums. Yeah, both of those bands got signed to bigger labels off of Lambda Records, but they are, their original work, I think, is on like the first pressing of or the first releases are on oh, Lambda wow. Records. So anyway, that being said, like when we took over everything, we had meetings with like everybody mm. that uh, Lamgo dealt with for the most part. And one of those meetings was, where do the royalty checks come? Where do the royalty checks go? Yeah. Now for the two albums that you know are streaming online, mm-hmm. um, and the checks are very minuscule, my friends. So it's like, right. yeah, you can't even go to McDonald's on these checks. Um, <laughs> can't even hit the dollar menu, but um. You know, and talk to them. I, I inquired, like, well, what's what's up with that? What's up with the deal? Like, what what is the deal? Da, 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 da. So apparently, like, you know, Lamb Goods had a record label the entire time. It's just how Alex doesn't have time for it, yeah. kind of. So all these deals are set up, and we're grandfathered into this, like early, uh, early stuff, and our distributions through like Death Wish, because that's who is distributing. Or just, yeah. Uh, that's who distroed all the albums or the two albums before, but they also right. digitally released that stuff too. So all that stuff is kind of set up. And like, when we found that out, I was like, okay, well, cool. That 
that's something we want to do down the road. So now that that's all set up, that that kind of takes you know takes the space already or takes that off our plate and we don't have to worry about setting all that up and getting distribution and you know because now we have like major distribution with through death wish and through their outlets and stuff like that and um there, there's a lot of stuff that we hopefully plan to do not with death wish because that's just the company that does the fulfillment and or you know whatever they, they have a bunch of different companies i just refer to them as death wish but right. um the label is the distribution is through the label death the death wish label but okay. you know when i refer to them i just refer to those guys as death wish they're just all death wish but uh we got some cool stuff with them hopefully coming out um Real cool, man. you know I, i'd like to get in the variant game because i like like i said i like to collect vinyl i'd like to do like man good exclusive variants for certain releases like just like brooklyn vegan does and like obviously bring lamb goat to the forefront of like what everyone else is doing that's mm-hmm. one thing right that's one plan the other thing is how can we make it more of a community so we want to grow like <laughs> we want to grow the comment section we want to grow the, the form we want to grow <laughs> all that stuff and like have like a an econ like a not an economy but like an environment within lamb goat you I mean, know they, so like they used to man but bands, well, right, bands used right, right. to uh, do the message board and that's how right. i mean that's yeah i remember when i first god I don't even know how yeah, long ago man, it was. was the message board. Very early 2000s. That's all it was, was the message board. That's what you'd go there for. And that's how I found out a ton of new bands and things like that. It was the community scene, for me at least, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, it's, it's how it that's was still, tours. that's still how, yeah, that's still how it is, right? It's just a different outlet now. So it could mm-hmm. be social media or whatever or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used and, to book um, tours on MySpace, man. For sure. That's how I did it. Yeah. I would, I would just create people's fucking, and that's where I got the name well, Lurk And from, those were was, like the first um, kind of uh, e-packs, you know what I mean? Like uh, where you can have music and your albums and promote yeah, it. What it on... I mean, there was that for sure, but it was the first... I, I've thought about this a million million hours, bro. It's the first time, like, with, with, with music being available digitally, it was the first time, like, bands could just do whatever, put whatever mm-hmm. on the internet, and then hustle it. Yeah. And we just... We didn't know that at the time, you know? Yeah. But, like... It, so I became obsessed with it, and that's where like my my lurk my lurk name came from because I would be going through like top eights like a motherfucker, dude. I would be searching out top eights to find dudes that are in bands and like, where's your band at? What kind of band? It's like I wanted to go there and play a show with you. Yeah, so I, exactly. I would just be like, I'd go to like a, someone in a band's page, and I'd be on their top eight. Next thing you know, I'm like six fucking profiles deep in on someone's top eight of like I'm looking at like I that are so far out of my. <laughs> circumference of influence you know like they're so far out like i don't even know anybody anymore and so like I, you know my friends was like you are just lurking on the fucking myspace and so <laughs> yeah you know like and that's what but that it was a hustle to do that but um there are there are a lot of things man that i i want lamb goat to be a lot more than just the news right uh-huh. we'll always we will always have the news and we'll always do the news it's going to be the mainstay it's like a thing that we're always going to do the website's always going to do what it does but we're going to grow land goat outside of the website and we're approaching content you know with that uh with that aspect of like what content is needed for this space you know what can we do what can we facilitate like we want to do more live shows like we want to record more live shows not to step on like sunny's toes or anything like that but like mm-hmm. fuck dude the more live shows on youtube from the more different perspectives yeah in my opinion the better right you yeah. know yeah for sure you know some people may not like what we do and enjoy what sunny does and vice versa or 
you know, 187 or I don't know. There's a couple of different outlets I see on YouTube recording shows and I love it, you know, because mm. they all cover different things. And like, no one does metal shows. So that's basically kind of where we're going to start. Like we, we do shows already. Like we've done hardcore shows and smaller shows and house shows. Even like if you go to our YouTube, we've, we've recorded some, and that's all since, you know, me and JP kind of joined the fold. Uh, we, we wanted to ex- explore all the content options, but like, dude, yeah. Getting ingrained everywhere, doing any and everything, not like in a cheesy way though. Like again, all brand acceptable options, like all things to keep the brand what it is. It's not like we're going to, we don't want to turn in and no offense to like metal injection or metal sucks or blabbermouth or any of those websites, but like they have their own demographic, their own, mm-hmm. their own gimmicks and stuff like that. And we're going to allow them to do that. Right. Our gimmicks that we want to do, we just don't want them to be like cheesy gimmicks. Like we'll do stuff that is funny and stuff, but like, you know, not, it's not going to be like TikTok type shit. You know what I mean? It'll be like, we're all three-year-old men, you know? Yeah. So like, we're going to make content for three-year-old men, but also we want to start bringing in some younger generation, you know, bridging the gap. Like, Oh, you like knock loose. Uh, well, you may, you, you like knock loose because these bands paved that, that way. way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. And, and vice versa too. We want like the older 40, 50 year old dudes that visit Lamgo to be like, Oh, you like, fucking vision of disorder or whatever this these bands followed them you know Mm -hmm. like these these bands and these current bands take reference and and influence from those bands you know because again like a lot of metal is very gatekeepish and that's it is what it is because it's like an elitist kind of thing like we're a community but we're all sub communities within that big community right right? like you know everyone hates a certain sub genre of this or the other and they all hate each other but um it's cool. Like bridging the gap is basically the number one thing. And like, um, it's just what I can affect the world. Like I can affect the world in a bigger way that through Lamgo. And I, and I want to do stuff locally here in my area to boost the scene here too. Like, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's not about the coolest thing about the whole Lamgo to choir thing is like, I get to use it for so much good type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get to, I get to do things that I've wanted to do out of like content wise you know, for years, I get to do that now. Um, it's so much more, it's a, it's a positive thing. Like, I don't know the, the sky is the limit. I'm not even joking with that. Yeah, <laughs> that being yeah, said, it's sure. like, uh, it all depends on like who's helping and, and, and what people we surround ourselves with. And like the team of the, the team of guys that I surround myself with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I've known those dudes for over 10 years, each one of them over 10 years, you know? So, we have a i'm sure they're seeing me in a different light because i'm so like i am fucking anal about the lamb goat thing right it's yeah. i constantly think about it. if nothing's posted for a couple hours i get fucking super antsy and i'm like what the fuck like so i'm not able to post all the time so we all have to do our you know we all have to do our own uh put in our own work and weight into the equation so uh yeah it's just one of those things where like i i love those guys um but we also hired a bunch of reviewers uh writers right mm-hmm. so we have a bunch more like i don't know if anyone's paid attention or anything but like we were four months in and we've done 22 reviews you know mm-hmm. lamgo didn't have 22 reviews the last four years prior to us yeah. taking over you know what i mean so like things things are changing and we're doing we're doing content 
with with bands and people were reaching out and doing a bunch of like collaborative content you know the collaborative t-shirt with furnace fest that was something that we thought about doing and then that came to that came to fruition like yeah we want to do collaborative merch with bands too so like we'll get with band like the idea is to get with certain bands whether they're legacy long bands that we have posted about for years mm-hmm. and years and years or like new bands that do cool streetwear shit right so um just collaborative shit like how do we get the name out there how do we market Very to cool. other yeah. audiences and stuff like that and how do we keep it you know in, in the scene and in and, and yeah in rolling and and stuff so it's really fun man really really fun like, like that's the cool part about it but also i should prefer i should say like there's it's a giant headache yeah. constant it's a constant headache it's um <laughs> but it it's makes it worth it makes it, it worth it worth all it's you know what it. i mean it really does it makes it worth it all because if not well, the end then... the end the end game is what's worth it like you know like i do yeah and i love going to shows and i love getting cool perks and like meeting the bands and doing all that stuff that that's cool but like really like to have an effect on just this just the scene in general like now like not only am I a part of the lamb goat story, like I've written myself into the storyline, basically, you know, I'm a part of the lamb goat story going forward, whatever right. happens to lamb goat, like I'm a part of, but like, it could also say the same as like the music scene. Like, you know, it could be at the time where like, Oh, lamb goat came back and started doing a bunch of shit and it changed the trajectory of hardcore metal, like one percentage, like that'd be cool to me too. Like, oh, yeah. you know, that, cause then you write your story, you're writing your name on that storyline too. So yeah. I'm gonna mm. you again with the uh, you guys have smoked too. I'm gonna to smoke this one. Might as well. Very cool, yeah. man. Well, I don't know, man. I I I think it's super cool that hearing your story, starting from your own website to sending out the tweet to where now you and your homies anyone are can do it, bro. Shots. Anyone, like, anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah, you no, can for do sure. it. I mean, the story's been told so many times. Now we just have the the hardcore metal scene version of it. <laughs> right um <laughs> and well, but, by all and, means but also too it's like the actual release of that information so like it's that post like i can go back from 2002 and see when you posted our tour dates and stuff still right to this day and that's something we're gonna bang on too dude because nostalgia like with the we were young festival the furnace festival like nostalgia is hitting hard for our age group right now yeah and it so is. like that one of the things one of the things we want to do is kind of like cash in on not cash in on that but cash in on it yeah. And just like, hey, today, 20 years ago, this is what we posted about, you know, or like, I mean, I don't think it's cash in. It's it, you, y'all were part of it. So it's just being, course. being part of it. Like it's, it's, but it's, it's using the nostalgia to increase your, your, your brand and stuff like that, which is fine. But we're also lucky that we have the ability to like, it's not just like, oh, this album came out 20 years ago. It's like, oh, we posted, you know, these tour dates 20 years ago, this, these, these five bands who are now mega giant bands were touring and doing small fucking little shows and Man, stuff. You guys, you know, like, like Lamgo would always post that. That's where I got all my news was Lamb Lamgo and like you said earlier, PRP. Like, but I mean, you guys would post everything. Like, oh, the these guys from this band are starting this band, or they're they fought and now they're the tours. Like, it was just everything. Right. But like, and there was no, there was nothing like that. At no, the time. It, there was it, nothing exactly. like that. And like, it's it's a. It, you know, fucking hats off to Alex for starting Lamb Goat because, like, that's how I got involved, right? I went to his website and was like, I want to do this. And mm-hmm. I just started, 
I started because he didn't cover bands that the PRP covered, right? Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, I'm gonna cover both, or I was covering bands that I liked, you know, and no, that's how I started it. The PRP was much more of like the the new metal and yeah. like the you know yeah, the bigger yeah. bands, Taproot and like the bigger bands and stuff. And then it's so funny you say that. Yeah, it's so funny you say bigger bands because they they weren't big then either. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, but no. I mean, okay, so they're fillers, man. It 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 took a few years for the hardcore metal scene to catch up, but those bands were on Ozfest and stuff years prior, even though they're on the smaller stage. Yeah, I should tell you how much there's no money in even that level. No, no, no. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not. When I say bigger, I'm not necessarily talking about money, but like, well, they well just I, bigger named I, and like they, well, more well known, I guess. I think the difference was that type of music had major label push a lot of the time. So yeah. they had major label marketing, major label well, push. Well, dis- distribution, like a lot of the hardcore um, labels were distributed by like Epic or Roadrunner. Right. But yeah. they weren't, but those labels weren't spending money really mm-hmm. on that kind of music until later on. Like, and, you know, some bands like even Glassjaw jumped ship and went to a major, and some bands did that and, you know, worked out. And sometimes it didn't work out. But, I think that's when the decline of our scene started too. Uh, I talk about it all the time on my podcast and whenever mm-hmm. I can. But uh, I think like when MTV started playing, like not the videos because they always played. Well, back in the day, they used to play videos and they used to do it. Uh, well, the MTV too. Even, well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not the videos per se. I'm not talking about the videos, but like I'd be watching like real world or some fucking reality show. And in the background, you would hear like mm. Norma Jean. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I started realizing like, okay. <clears throat> and then hot topics started really focusing heavily on like hardcore and metal. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely know what you're talking about. Cause I fell out during that, that long right. time frame. for me, it was more like, I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about, but it was like the kind of later part of the two thousands. Yeah. I l- fell l- off late, late two thousands, early 2010s, about two, yes. two, there was like a seven year period where it was like dog shit because I felt like that's when you started getting a lot of, and I'm not hating on any band in particular. I'm just pointing out, this is what happened. You start seeing like clean, clean vocals and metalcore around this time too. <laughs> and like, um, you know, more marketable music. So they yeah. were trying, they were trying to play to a more marketable audience. It, I felt like, but again, like now growing older, you realize like, oh, those are just band, those are just younger kids that were influenced by, obviously the same medical I was influenced, but also some clean singing along the way somewhere, yeah. and they just incorporated the two because mm-hmm. they they wanted to be in a band, you know, and heavy. But how do you play to like a lot of people and still be heavy? So, you know, I get it. Uh, but it caused like there was a big push, I think, like labels to find bands like that, major labels, not just like you know, uh, whatever. And then you had like, I guess, the Trustkill deal and the Ferret, Ferret deals where they sold their catalogs uh, to bigger corporations or whatever, bigger, bigger entities. And then like those entities didn't care as much as like someone who's so involved with it, like those, those dudes, like those dudes usually that had like Carl and Josh and other people like that own like Fiddler and Pluto and stuff like that. Those dudes are so involved in the everyday to day of the scene in general, not just the label, the scene in general that they care way more about it. They're way more passionate about it. They came from it. Like some dude, some A&R rep in New York or in a bigger city that probably never even fucking listened to hardcore or anything like that has to now deal with like these labels catalogs or something like that. And they don't necessarily care as much as the other person does. So, well, you know, they've never, I'm not going to say never because I don't know, but like you have people in suits at that point versus like the dudes who are yeah. sweating in the pits. 
And like, you know what I mean? They're there because they're there for the love of it versus right. the guy that's like, oh, I'm assigned to this this weird dude wearing tattoo or with tattoos wearing eyeliner doing flips on stage and shit. I don't, you know what I mean? I, yeah. But all that stuff, like tattoos have become more um marketable. Well, yeah, not marketable, but they're like, you know, it's they're not as taboo as they used to be, yeah, like when we were not. kids, you know, and now like, you know, and these again, dude, a lot of fucking yeah hats off to everybody 20 fucking something years ago that got their knuckles tatted at fucking 19 like you <laughs> paved the way you know you guys paved the way for a lot of a lot of like bands that stuck it out like we have to give hats off to like all those yes. people that fucking ruined their their lives for a number <laughs> of years doing something they loved or you know supporting something they loved to where now 20 years later it's like it's all cyclical you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like the resurgence is coming back you know and some of that is because that group of people grew older and now can do things where they're maybe i don't know like i am older now and i have this push to want to better or grow the music scene too so like you know people like me people that you know their kids growing back up they're going back out to shows you know what mm-hmm. i mean like yeah so we're all doing a cycle and then you have bands who are 20 years old now Right or bands that are that have twenty year olds in them now starting out that were influenced by every band because their parents were us right like mm-hmm. pe- people our age have kids and they listen to everything that we listen to so they probably listen to this in the car with their kids or at home with their kids so yes. you know kids are growing up listening to Slipknot's first record and you know every time I die and Slip uh, and Norma Jean and then those are that that that's like the Doors and Led Zeppelin and Do you, you know, Eric Clapton. Kids? No, I don't. I'm not even. I'm. I'm not married or. Uh, okay, so my you're explaining me with yeah. my uh, yeah. us with our daughters, right? Like, so your so your girls could like form a band, you know, and it just there's more there's there there's as the generations continue to grow, there's more of us out there now. So the scene was small back in the day, and that's why it was so hard for bands to progress and and survive because there was not that much money involved. But like it's growing, mm-hmm. and I think. I think it's been growing the last couple of years. COVID obviously helped because a lot of bands yeah. put stuff out and grew. Like Deathcore became like overnight success during COVID. You know, yeah. I mean, it was popular in the early, you know, teens or whatever. Thank you, but, Ramos. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> there's definitely a giant Deathcore resurgence in the last handful of years. So, and a lot of new bands coming out in that genre. So, yeah, yeah, it's just that's the yeah, it's, everything's cyclical like that, or you know, cycle runs in a cycle. So. We're we're coming we're coming. I think we're coming to a point where like hardcore, or because metal has been around for years, right? Metal metal was mainstream in the eighties, and they have the benefit of like they're goaded at that point. You know, like Mm -hmm. they've been around for so long. Hardcore is and and the metal cores and like all the offshoots of metal that incorporate hardcore and all those kinds of bands like thrash crossover bands and all that they're doing so well right now because i think that original group of hardcore bands from the 80s to the early 2000s just like paved that they paved that way and they you know again ruined their lives for for little money for something they cared a lot about and mm-hmm. i think it, it definitely needs to be said something needs to be said about that and um it's allowed a lot of people to grow up now being influenced by those yeah sounds instead of what was out there previously and it's changing you know music in general uh for the worse or the better who knows but it's growing the scene every day and that's why like sometimes when new bands come out i stop i used to hate on bands all the time 
<laughs> I did you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I still personally don't vibe a lot of stuff, but I understand, you know, like there are gimmicks and there are like cash cows that are out there, you know, and some bands turn into that and I don't necessarily enjoy it or respect that that often, but most bands are just out there trying to make music for yeah. whatever reason. And that's just what they come up with. And then you really think like, oh, it sounds like butt rock. Well, yeah, they're fucking influenced by butt rock. We all were influenced <laughs> by butt rock at some point. You haven't heard a Creed song in your life? I mean, come on, you know? <laughs> like, it just, some shit sneaks in, you know? You don't, you can't help it. No, it's like, well, you're ingrained with it at some point, you know what I mean? Listen to things in the ki- in the car as a kid and stuff, you know? So it's going to sneak in at some point. Yeah, definitely. But like, what do you what do you guys think about the music scene right now, like um, with yeah, because like CD sales are coming back, vinyl sales are like an all time high. Vinyl's definitely at an all time high. I think it's super cool as far as that goes. Um, the music scene, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Like I, I, I'm in a way have like this. I don't want to say gatekeeper mentality, but like, like oh, rock is dead kind of thing, and like you know, like the guitar is is in in the mainstream grand scheme of things is is not so relevant anymore um it's definitely coming back now and a lot of it is because like the whole tiktok pop pop punk movement and i I think that does great things for like rock music in general when we're talking about like the hardcore metal scene um we gotta like so we gotta the 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 thing is we have to like trick those pop punk kids those kids that go to ozfest we gotta like the, the Walmart the Walmart butt rockers and stuff like that we gotta mm-hmm. somehow trick those guys <clears throat> into like scratching the surface just a little bit more and like you start finding like an underground version of like Nickelback right, right. and then that that leads you down a path and the next thing you know you might fall into like the underground that would butt be rocks a good one on there well man. this is where like you said now Lamb Goat's gonna come in y'all yeah, guys are gonna exactly. be the one that gets the gatekeeper and gets the new TikToker to hold hands at the show versus getting upset at each other and the guy throwing a beer on the kid or whatever they do i, I mean, don't know that may take years but you know it's we're gonna start trying at least you know the the metacore community matchmakers that's yeah. what lamb goats shooting for now i mean they, we can do it's we, gonna be the metacore versus <laughs> the metaverse is next yeah it, but i mean like the cool thing is with the lamb goat again is just like anything's possible and like the access is also anything's possible with the access too because it's it's such an established name everyone that does anything knows like everyone that does works in this industry like manufacturers of like instruments and and records and and people you don't even think go to lamb or care at all like they do everyone yeah. and like <clears throat> one of the thing one of the cool things that i noticed After having access to the back end of everything, I had access before, but not like full. Yeah. Once I got full access, I got to see like the hidden staff, the hidden ex staff members. Like there's like a hundred people that have worked for Lamb Goat over the years, the 20 something years. And like a bulk, bulk of them are like people like Ray Harkins, the 100 word podcast. Mm-hmm. That, that guy worked for Lamb Goat. Uh, he works wow. for iHeart Music now and does a bunch of other things on the West Coast. Uh, covers he co- you know he he covers like hardcore a lot. Well, I feel and I don't know maybe it's just because I'm a 
big fan. A lot of, but, but a lot of people in the industry now worked at Lamgo back mm-hmm. in the day, either doing reviews or interviews or whatever. It's, it's crazy how, like, when I started, when I saw that list, I was like, oh, my God. I, I already talked to, like, these people on a regular basis emailing, you know, back-end emailing. So it was cool to, to, to find that out that, like, you know, if you do, like, if you work for Lamgo, usually those people end up doing other things, right? So mm-hmm. when we hired, we hired new people, we told them, and I go, you know, you're just writing for us now, but, like, this could be your leapfrog lily pad to another thing, or you could grow with us or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, I go, people have gone on to do really good things, really big things outside of lamb goat, you know, like, uh, Amy manages the press for like fucking all the big roadrunner bands now. Um, wow. and a bunch of like new, like new up and coming metalcore bands. So she's, she's super cool. She's, uh, she was a viewer for a number of years in the early 2000s, but yeah. So, not to cut you off, but I did. Sorry. I'm, I'm, this is your show, man, not yeah. ours. <laughs> but no, I, I, what I was just basically saying is like, you're talking about how working for, well, not only working for Lamgo, how it opens the doors and stuff, but like so many people over the years have done something, not just in like the hardcore, metalcore, whatever heavy scene you want to call it, just in the music industry, like, I think Lamb Goat is a foundation just because it was one of the pioneers. Like we, it's been said, nobody was doing what y'all were doing when it started. And well, there was there was definitely there was definitely like Blabbermouth was out. Yeah, there was, there was definitely a handful of websites, but Alex focused on bands that he liked. Which at the time, he realized that no one was covering like extreme metal or whatever. Right. So he he took it upon himself to just and again like. He lived in an area like in the Philadelphia, not in the Philadelphia area, but in the Pennsylvania area where like a lot of that stuff, metalcore and was like popping and mm-hmm. hardcore was obviously popping too there. So, you know, it was smart of him to do that. And again, he ran the motherfucker for fucking 23 years. It was more like, it's more like, it became like a chore probably to him, I guess, you know, for a lot of those years. But <clears throat> he, you got to give him praise because he, did keep it up and he did keep it going for that long and you know again take the fucking bad comments as they go and give your hats off to that man no for sure and and by doing so it's now a foundation in the scene or in the industry in general i think and and you know we're talking about bands sticking it out and they're on a certain status now that lamb goat is one of those bands but i mean you know website yeah. it, it's been it stuck through all of it through yeah. the rises the falls all of it and it stayed around and you know had its lows obviously but it now it's i feel and like i said this just could be because i'm a fan of this industry or this this little small community um it's a foundation of it and it's gonna like the whole nostalgia thing that's what i was saying like it's not cashing in it's it's part of it like it's part of the history of it all so it's not like yeah, I, man. I, I mean, think it's fucking cool. As shit. I think I think your uh, transition of uh, uh, giving people information instead of like the old way, or it was just the vinyl or the CD. Like you would you would be able to send that link of that news that just came out for that hardcore band that just yeah announced their release. Like, no, it was it it was so cool, and I became obsessed with it back in those early you know yeah. two thousand days too, and um, <clears throat> you know I. Uh, I frequent the message board now a lot 
Yeah. You know, it's one of my fucking hobbies. Uh, but um, I used to back in the day too. And I, you know, I, I tell the guys on there because when I started, I was the first person to ever like be forward facing uh, uh, at a lamb goat. So like no one knew what anyone looked like. Mm-hmm. Right. And no one, there was no face at all ever on lamb goat. Um, so when the podcast came out, I was the first one, you know, like Alex yeah. was on, Alex was on the podcast, but he didn't want to show his face. So, you know what I mean? It took a while for him to like show his face on the podcast when he eventually did, but um, I was the first one. So like <clears throat> I would meet people and some people would call me Alex, you know, <laughs> they just thought I was Alex. Right. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just, I'm just the podcast guy. Um, but yeah, so they didn't believe me. Cause then I like, I had my own account. Like I had a public account that everyone that I use currently. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was a new account and I was like the new podcast guy and the message board did not take kindly to me. And I was like, I, I was like, I, I definitely have been here because they thought I was like some new Jack guy or whatever. And I was like, I've definitely been here. And I was like, I used to spam my old band because we won some contest to like go to, go to Hellfest, the last Hellfest that happened. Mm-hmm. And I, we spammed the shit out of everywhere. And I remember doing it on Lamgo. So like, I vividly remember it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not like a, a made up memory or anything like that. Um, I definitely was here. I just... You know, that was 2004, so it was like so long ago. Yeah. Well, most most of the people probably on that message board and forum haven't been there that long, so they wouldn't even know anyways. A lot of people have. Really? Yeah. Most That's Actually, killer. most most of the active members um, are old school members. Um, That's badass. There was also like a mass ex- – every now and then there is a mass exodus of the, the forum, and they're currently having one right now. <laughs> uh they've they left after i took after i took over because you know again it's been three years of like going back and forth with these guys just you know whatever and again i've met some of these guys offline um you know colin colin posts on the message board um and he's you know me and we work together now so like I, we met each other and I've met other people off the message board. And every time I've met someone off the message board, they're, they're cool as shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they go back to the message board and say like, Oh, Dave's, you know, it's not that bad. And then they, you know, people give them shit about yeah. hanging out with me and, you know, and they give shit about like, Oh, you're, you're friends with luck and lurk. And so it is what it is. But like a lot of people got upset that I took it over and they all like left and they, uh, they went to some chat room somewhere else, but Slowly, yeah, slowly, slowly, but <laughs> slowly but surely, uh, you know, people have come back here or there. So you know, it is what it is. But you know, everything keeps rolling forward, and our idea is to grow even that community, right? So like, you know, uh, Collins kind of mentioned to me that this has happened periodically years, whether it's like Facebook group or some other kind of thing pops up, and then people use it for a little bit, but they eventually all always come back. So. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. But again, the the idea is for and grow that space as well as just in general. Cool, man. Well, I don't want to. It's not cutting it short, but I am gonna have to end this. Unfortunately, um, I got to go out, do a couple things, and get some things done today. But fuck, dude, this has been an absolute blast. 
for me and hopefully for Greg and more importantly, hopefully for you too, man, this is, I've had a blast doing this. I really appreciate you saying yes, coming out or showing up and doing it all, man. Um, I want to say before we ended um, my appreciation to lamb goat for supporting my career for 20 years, like mm -hmm. until this day, um, it's funny because we were on hiatus and then you can see that we were active because you know, you're still connected in some form and you know thank you man for supporting my career the, the whole time well it wasn't me it was alex but, well, but yeah the brand yeah, you know we yeah, you're yeah, a yeah, part yeah. of appreciate that because there's many 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 it many is more. you now right 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 yeah no yeah for sure and i appreciate the the support and the love of the brand obviously for sure like um yeah it's like it's something I, again that i i truly do care about and like uh there's always something there was a there was something about the time period of that time in my life where, where I was not only doing the website and in the band, but I was a part of that. I, I was seriously like ingrained in whatever scene there was at that time. Not, not only here, but like on online too, like, yeah. you know, through my space and through touring and playing little pockets of little fucking here and where's you meet people and shit. But like um, that time of my life just felt like the best time. And so maybe this is like a weird, like try to relive it type thing. Yeah, uh, to to, it up. to do that, but it's also like a chance to do. A lot. And uh, we don't take that for granted at all. We, and again, like I said, I was freaking out about taking it on. So I, I realize the responsibilities that it entails, and and I think Alex understands that or understood that I. I care deeply about it. So that's why he even agreed to do this mm -hmm. in the first place. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize that like, he didn't have to sell it to me at all. Um, you know, I just, I, I told him, I was like, we want to do things and we can't do them if you're at the helm because, you know, we don't want to put time, money and effort into it, you know, and this or the other. So we kind of started reaching to that agreement and here we are today. And now we have the ability to do that. And we understand that it's, it's a big thing and it, and it can be a big thing. So we don't take it lightly. That's all. Yeah, it was time to pass the torch, Dio. Yeah, man. Well, thank now you, you so have much, the torch. Man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the support, like I said, and uh, yeah, man, continue to follow. And if you don't follow lamb goat, you should go to lambgoat.com. Uh, you have to click into the comments. So that's basically your terms of service. Like if, you know, if you see what you see in there, you see what you see. Um, but you know, we also do the podcast, which is coming back, the Van Flip podcast. Yeah, man, I'm excited um, to hear what you got coming out. We'll yeah, see. We've had, I'm excited for all of it. See what you got going for the whole entire brand, sure, but man. definitely yeah. the podcast too. Well, we got a lot of stuff because now Dylan, like I said, lives on the West Coast, so he covers West Coast stuff, and then we cover East Coast stuff, and then you know nice. we we do we travel. So a lot of people are like surprised when Lamgoat shows up because Lamgoat hasn't done anything. You know, Lamgoat hasn't been active in the scene <clears throat> physically, so. You know we're we're there and we're doing stuff we're covering stuff and we do west coast east coast um a lot more content van flip podcast <laughs> at lamb goat on instagram at lamb goat on twitter you can follow me at lurk city on instagram or twitter and uh yeah man i appreciate you having me on this has been a fun saturday morning we talked for like almost two hours yeah we got to do it again I'd love, yeah i'd love to do it again whenever yeah know, yeah figure Just, something I mean, out do something you know well, uh, I definitely appreciate you taking the time yeah, to do a so small much. little podcast like us because we're yeah, yeah. fucking nobody's in the game. Yeah. So you'd be surprised. We're nobody's in the game too. Well, you said it earlier, you, you know, just ask. And that's so far I've done with everybody. And 
I'm surprised every time somebody says yes. So I'm just going to keep asking. Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. Um, Thanks again. Um, Yeah. We'll talk soon, man. Yeah, yeah. Cool deal. Thanks for having me. Take it easy, y'all. Yep.